This is the FM Gold channel of All India Radio. In the program news analysis, now we bring you a discussion on India-US bilateral relations. The participants are Meera Shankar, former diplomat, and Nilova Roy Choudhury, journalist. We're talking today about the visit of US Secretary of State Michael Pompeo to Delhi. This is the first visit by a senior member of the Trump administration to India, and it'll be since uh, the new Narendra Modi government took office late last month. There have been a couple of tensions and problems in the India-US relationship which Secretary Pompeo would be looking to gloss over or try and sort out when he meets his counterpart, the new foreign minister, Dr. Subramaniam Jayashankar. Mira, what do you think is the basic kind of reason that Secretary Pompeo is visiting India so soon after the new administration has, the new government in Delhi has assumed office? I think it's uh, signaling their desire to re-engage. There is a strong government in Delhi with a clear mandate and they hope that they can do business with this government, which now will not face a general election for another five years. So it's a signal of a desire to re-engage. The relationship is characterized by increasing convergence. In fact, uh, Foreign Minister Jay Shankar has said broad and deep convergence. And particularly in East Asia and the Asia-Pacific, there is an increasing convergence of interests and viewpoints. But there are also issues where the perspectives of the two countries differ. And we look to the West of us on Iran, I think there is clearly a different perspective. India has good relations with Iran, cultural ties, historical ties, and it's a major source of energy for India, or has been. We are cutting back now, but that imposes costs on us. We have already cut back on imports of energy from Venezuela. So each time something like this happens, it really imposes a cost on us. Apart from the fact that uh, if there is actually a degeneration of the situation into active hostilities, then you're going to see the price of oil rocket. That would have economic consequences for our economy, the current accounts balance, the fiscal deficit, a whole range of government programs might get affected. And apart from that, the non-resident Indian community in the Gulf could get impacted. So clearly, it's not in India's interest to have the US and Iran actively engaged in conflict. So do you think that uh, this would have been one of the issues that uh, External Affairs Minister Jayashankar would have raised clearly with Secretary Pompeo in terms of not only sort of stepping back perhaps from any scenario of hostility, but also in terms of the waiver that India seeks for its energy imports, the Chabahar port, for example. Would these have been issues that came up in the discussion? I'm sure that they would have because I'm sure Secretary of State Pompeo would have put across the U.S. perspective on developing tensions relating to Iran. And, uh, you know, you've had the shooting down of the drone. You've had a near military attack, which President Trump called off at the last minute. You've had uh, stories about a virus having been implanted in uh, the communication and control systems for missiles and rockets 
in Iran, something that the Iranians have denied. But overall, you can see that tensions have been mounting. So I'm sure the US would have put across its perspective and India would have explained its perspective. While there is a carve-out which has been given for Chabahar, it is mainly to provide goods and trade and humanitarian assistance and other supplies to Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. Now, if that happens, then clearly the you know commercial viability of the project gets impacted Mm. because if you can't trade with Iran then it means you're limiting the capacity of the port to engage meaningfully so I'm sure these are issues which would have been discussed as I think most regional issues I'm sure Afghanistan would be another area. Pompeo (laughs) arrived from Kabul so I think they talked about the fact that the American perspective that it should never be Afghanistan should never be allowed to become a haven for terrorism again is their major concern and the goal that they're working towards. But the other issue that we have a problem with, of course, I mean, everyone talked about trade, but also the issue of defense purchases. Uh, Russia, the United States has threatened to use the Katsa amendment against India for importing the S-400 Triumph uh, defense shield. Now, how does India get over these kinds? of things and do you think that there can be a kind of a via media that we can arrive at? Well, the via media would be for a waiver Hmm. for India because, uh, you know, we've had a traditional defense relationship with Russia and the fact that Russia has been a reliable partner over so many years and 60% of our existing equipment is based on Russian systems that uh, it clearly is going to be something which India will find not feasible to sever its defense relationship with Russia. In fact, for India... Since we pay hard cash, we don't really take aid from the United States, unlike Pakistan, which was, you know, getting equipment under military assistance. We basically make outright purchases in hard cash from the United States. So I think there is concern in India that this should not give the U.S. the sense that they have a veto over what and where India can purchase. Clearly, we would like to judge what is the best system for our requirements, given technical capacities as well as costs. And sometimes it may be the U.S. and sometimes it may not be the U.S. So it cannot be that every time it is not the U.S., we would be subjected to this kind of pressure or threat of sanctions. I think that vitiates the relationship. So I think both sides will try to find a way forward on it. But clearly, it's not going to be easy because the U.S. has threatened Turkey, for instance, Mm. that if it goes ahead with the S-400 purchases, then it is going to impose sanctions on Turkey under Katsa. So India would also have to see if there is a way to harmonize our positions, to find a way forward. Otherwise, it might just have to dig its heels in also. It should be prepared for that if push comes to shove. I think that would be important. But I think overall, the message coming out of the talks is, yes, there are issues on which there may not be complete convergence of perspective or even a divergence of perspective. But both sides uh, lay value on engaging with each other across a broad spectrum and finding a way to harmonize their divergent perspectives if possible and where possible. The United States and particularly President Trump has a problem with the trade imbalance that he says is 
so heavily in India's favor. And, you know, the getting rid of the generalized system of preferences and all of these kinds of things, again, seem to signal that there are more tensions in the relationship that have crept up in the recent past than there ought to have been. Is that something you would agree with? I think that is true of the U.S.'s relationships with most major economies at the moment and their closest allies. So I don't think India is alone, but that is cold comfort, whether it is Mexico or Canada or Japan or South Korea or Europe. I mean, these tensions on account of trade and President Trump's America first attitude are, you know, spilling over into every relationship. With India, it strikes me as a bit bizarre because our overall trade surplus with the U.S. is so small. It's come down also Mm -hmm. over the years because we are buying, you know, gas, oil from the United States. We are buying aeroplanes from the United States. So overall, it's come down somewhere in the region of 22 billion or something like that in both goods and services. And if you look at the surplus which China has with the United States, it's huge. And it's like almost, I think, between 350 and 400 billion dollars. So, you know, what are we talking about? You know, it really like, to me, it seems a bit bizarre. If you see services trade, it's broadly balanced. Some years the U.S. has a surplus, some years India has a marginal surplus. It's broadly balanced because if we provide IT services, the U.S. provides financial services, advertising services, educational services with so many Indians studying in U.S. universities. So it's broadly balanced. It's really like two, three billion goes this way or that way. Sometimes with the U.S. having a surplus, sometimes India having a surplus. And on the good side, it's been in the order of say 20 to 23, 24 billion. So it's really not an issue in terms of the U.S.'s overall economy and their overall, but I think it plays well with his constituency because of Indian IT professionals in the U.S., there is some political cachet to be gained by targeting two countries, China and India, which are seen as in some sense, taking away jobs. Now, even that is really, if you look at the job situation in the U.S., unemployment is the lowest that it has been in many years. It's near 4%. In fact, during President Obama's time itself, it had come down from 10% after the financial crisis to about 4.7 or something percent. And it's come down a little further under President Trump. So unemployment really is perhaps the best that it has been. Now, there was some concern that it exerts downward pressure on U.S. wages and that, you know, the threat that work could be moved overseas helps to suppress wages within the United States. But wages have also started rising somewhat in the U.S. So if you look at the economic situation in the U.S., it's not so dire that it would warrant this kind of of focus on a country which doesn't have such a huge trade surplus or whose share of total U.S. trade is quite small. So do you think that this kind of issue is likely to come up when the G20 meets from tomorrow in Osaka and the President and Prime Minister Modi are expected to have a bilateral meeting on the sidelines? Do you think issues like this can be sort of broadly resolved in meetings of this kind or do they? does that not really happen? Is it just atmospherics? I think that there could be perhaps willingness to re-engage 
I'm not sure that you're going to get agreements mm -hmm. on these issues coming out of a meeting between President Trump and Prime Minister Modi, but you could really get a decision to re-engage in all these commercial issues. And I think the way forward is really to have a spirit of give and take because India has also faced problems on account of U.S. protectionism. I mean, the withdrawal of GSP and a tightening of the H-1B visas, not through legislation. They haven't changed the law, but through executive orders, the processing of H-1B applications has been made far more cumbersome, complex, lengthy. There are more denials. And there are many little, little things which have been added, which reduce the flexibility of the visa. So that impacts our companies. So many of them are trying to find ways to change their business model. It still reduces their competitiveness if they have to, depends how much percentage of American workers they need to hire in the U.S., And those workers are not available because trained IT professionals are few and far between. I mean, there's still a skill shortage mm -hmm. in the U.S. Terrorism, of course, is the other aspect of bilateral relations that have actually really seen a high. I mean, that's one area where I think the United States and India have been in complete sync. And I think that was something that came out of the meetings today as well. Is that something you would agree on? That's one area where yes. it's been a rock-solid relationship. In fact, we, when I was ambassador, we signed an agreement on uh, cooperation in counterterrorism, which basically focused on on um, information and intelligence sharing and upgrading of capacities. Now, clearly, all these areas, the level of cooperation and trust has increased over the years because when we started, it was tentative, but over the years, it's increased. At the same time, the U.S. has uh, been more vocal and supportive, for instance, after the Pulwama episode where uh, they said that uh, India has the right of self-defense and then on the listing of uh, Maulana Masood Azhar. But at the end of the day, we have to fight our battles on our own because Pakistan is not going to give up its policy of asymmetric warfare against India and nor has that kind of pressure been brought to bear on Pakistan as has been brought to bear on Iran, for instance. I'm afraid we've run right out of time, Meena. Thank you so very much. It's been a pleasure. You were listening to a discussion on India-US bilateral relations. The participants were Meera Shankar, former diplomat, and Nilova Roy Chaudhary, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on the website newsonair.com. You may email your opinion about this program at airnstalks at gmail.com.